following audio is from Covenant Life Fellowship. And for, for more information about our church and to stay up to date on all sermons, events, and news, please visit our website at www.clfroseburg.com. Yeah. Let's open our Bibles. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to be. Uh, if you're new with us, thanks for being here. My name is Dave York. I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, it's my pleasure to get to preach God's Word to you tonight and uh, share with you some things about the gospel of Jesus that really is near and dear to our hearts here at CLF. Uh, during the month of December, we have been celebrating Advent um, in, in, in anticipation of tomorrow morning. And each Sunday, we've celebrated a different theme, and with each theme, we've also lit a new candle. So you'll see tonight, we've got all five candles lit. Um, the last one is the big white one in the middle which is, is symbolic of Christ and symbolic of his purity and his victory for us on our behalf. And so that's going to be our focus tonight. If you, get, if you walked in the door, you should have got an outline. And on the outline, you're going to see a big idea. And here's the big idea to our sermon tonight. Jesus Christ is the champion that has come to restore all that was lost. So again, I'm going to have you stand again with me because we're going to read God's word. Up and down, I know. Up and down. Yeah. We didn't plan that part very well, but that's okay. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. This is the reading of God's word, and that's why we stand. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She shall bear a son, and he shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God's with, God with us. That is the reading of God's word. Thank you. you. may be seated. Now, as we start tonight, you're going to notice point number one in your outline, which is paradise lost. You know, throughout our Advent series, one of the things that we've been doing is we've turned in our Bibles to the very beginning of time in the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, to find out why we need Jesus. Why did Jesus even come? And we've seen that we as humans were made by God in his image, and we had the ability to be happy and fulfilled with complete joy and satisfaction in God. We, we had the ability to be at peace with God. We had we were able to love like God loves. Our fellowship with God in the Garden of Eden was unbroken. Our joy in God was fulfilling and lasting, and our peace with God was satisfying to our souls. And we enjoyed the love of God to the fullest degree and fullest measure. But in Genesis chapter 3, we've read that when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and disobeyed God, all hope was lost. Our joy was lost, our peace with God was lost. And our love from God was lost. Paradise was indeed lost. Prior to this moment in Genesis chapter 3, humans enjoyed hope, joy, peace, and love with the eternal God in amazing degrees. 
prior to this moment in Genesis 3 and our rebellion against God, we never knew shame. We never knew loneliness. We never knew guilt. We never knew sorrow. We never knew pain. But in one moment in Genesis chapter 3, because of our sin, paradise was lost. So when you look around your world today, you read your Apple news feed or you flip over the old, mag- old magazines that you have still in your hands, you're going to read about political fights. You're going to read about racial tensions. You're going to read about national divisions all around the world. And you're seeing the effects of Genesis chapter 3. When we experience pandemics ravaging the world, terminal illnesses landing in families, and unexplained natural disasters like those that just hit the Philippines last week, you're seeing the effects of Genesis chapter 3. And when you personally experience sudden unexplainable loss, debilitating mental anguish, and out of nowhere tragedy, you're feeling the effects of Genesis chapter 3. But you're also feeling something else because of Genesis chapter 3. That feeling that you get at night when you lay your head down on your pillow as if you didn't do enough to finish the day. The guilt that you have about the things that you know you could have done better or the things where you you know you did something wrong. Those are all the effects of Genesis chapter 3. See, our sin brought paradise lost. And its effects brings us to our second point, which is the longing for the champion. What's amazing about this dark moment in Genesis chapter 3 is the fact that the God of the universe gives us hope right in the middle of this dark chapter. He shows us that there will be a pathway to get his peace, a way to be restored to eternal joy, and he hands out a lifeline to his everlasting love. He promises to us in Genesis chapter 3 to send a champion, one who would destroy the tempting serpent and who would restore us to God. It's the longing for this champion that you're going to find all throughout the Bible storyline. As we've seen in our Advent series, this champion would be one of Middle Eastern descent. He would be of the nation and people of Israel. He would be of the famous tribe of Judah. And he would come from the line of Israel's most famous king, David's family line. He would be a man, but the things he had to do, he had to be God. So he'd be the God-man. And throughout Israel's history, they longed for this champion. One with the strength of Samson, the wisdom of Solomon, and warrior-like zeal like David. One with the prophetic powers of Elijah, with the humility of Moses, and the leadership of Joshua. Throughout their history, they longed for this champion to come. And what's fascinating, if you look at the history of our world, we've longed for this champion to come as well. Matter of fact, if you just look in our own world today, you can see little glimpses of how our world longs for champions to come. For those of you who are Avenger fans, you'll recognize the champion is Captain America's purity and power. It's Iron Man making the final sacrifice. It's Thor leaving his world to rescue, rescue Earth. If you're a Star Wars fan like I am, not a Trekkie, but a Star Wars fan, early on it was Anakin who would bring balance to the Force. Later on it was Luke rising from nothing to become the Chosen One. In the Lord of the Rings, it's Strider, also known as Aragorn, because the return of the king will set all things back in order. We see all this longing for a champion in military movies, romance novels, and sports. We all long for the champion to come. But what's intriguing in our longing, we always seem to aim too low, and it's why we always seem to miss the champion who has already come. See, Israel wanted a champion 
to restore their fortunes, their world influence, their riches. They wanted a national, political, and military champion, yet they didn't recognize the champion when he came. In our fantasy world, we long for a champion to set things right in the world. In our romance novels, we long for a champion to love us with the passion that we've always wanted. In our military stories, we long for a champion to defeat the greatest threats of peace in our world. In our mental anguish, we just long for somebody to ease the pain. But in the Bible, this champion would come to save us from the disaster created by our sin. He would come to crush the head of the serpent, the great tempter, and forgive us of our rebellious ways. He would come to make us right with God. And in dealing with our sin, he would make a way for joy, peace, and love to be restored to our lives. He he would restore and become our greatest hope. In other words, he would reverse the curse that we see in Genesis chapter 3. And in the Bible, this champion is Jesus Christ the Son of God. And that's our last point tonight, which is the wonder of Jesus. Notice again the text that we read this evening at the start of my sermon, especially verses 21 through 23. We're told that the angel told Joseph some very important details about this baby who was to be born. You should call his name Jesus. Jesus meaning God will save But what will he save us from? The angel said, he will save his people from their sins. And the best way to describe this baby to come is Emmanuel. In other words, he's God with us. What what this angel told Joseph in a dream is the very thing we have been discussing and seeing in our Advent series. A champion would indeed come, but he would be God in the flesh. And God in the flesh would come to save us from our sins. And he came to dwell with us, be among us, and experience all the effects of living in a Genesis 3 world to overcome it, die for it, redeem it, and even reverse the effects of sin that we saw in Genesis chapter 3. See, that this is the wonder of Jesus. That he came to fulfill everything that we needed in the Genesis 3 champion. He was greater than Samson, wiser than Solomon, more of a warrior than David, and the most faithful king. He was more prophetic than Elijah, and the sacrifice he made for us was not an animal, but his own body given for us. He came to save us from our sin, and he did this by living in our place perfectly, dying in the death that we deserved, and rising again from the dead three days later. He came to save us from our sin. And the wonder of the Bible tells us that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, in this champion, something remarkable happens. God forgives us of our sin, and we don't have to live under guilt and shame anymore. We're even told that for those who are in Christ, there is no more condemnation weighing on us. God restores our hope of eternal life. We're even told that Jesus is our hope of glory and that one day our blessed hope Jesus will return for us. God restores our peace with Him so that through Jesus we're no longer in conflict with God. We're even told that because we've been made right with God, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God restores to us the ability to have true, lasting, happy, and joy-filled life. Meaning, even we're even told that we can have joy inexpressible and full of glory. And God restores to us the ability to love God and love others with the love that comes from God. We're even told that we can now fulfill the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, all these things we lost in the fall in Genesis chapter 3, and Christ's coming on that Christmas morning begins the process of restoring all those things to us. But are you aware of something else? That Jesus' is coming is just the beginning of his restorative work. He didn't just come to restore us to God. That's an amazing gift in and of itself. He came to restore paradise lost. Because he will one day restore all things in this universe to the way that he he intends and the way he originally plans. We're even told in the book of Romans that creation is longing, waiting eagerly to one day be set free from the bondage of our sin. So tonight on Christmas Eve, we marvel at the wonder of Jesus. The gift of Jesus God becoming man, divinity becoming human, God sending his beloved son as our champion to save us from our sins. So when you, when you wake tomorrow morning, dear Christian friends, listen, you, you can wake tomorrow morning knowing this, your champion has come. Your champion has come. And listen, if you haven't trusted Christ, what a great time to turn your life to Jesus. It's a great moment to respond to Christ that the champion has come. The one you've always longed for is here, and he has come. And if you have trusted Christ, listen, this Christmas day, tomorrow, Christmas day, is one that can be filled with wonder and awe because God has done what is impossible with man. He has saved you from your sin. And he did it through his son, Jesus. Jesus Christ is indeed the champion that has come to restore all that was lost. Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's pray. Father, we are incredibly grateful that everything you said in your word about Jesus is true. That tomorrow morning as we get up to celebrate the birth of Christ, we are celebrating the fact that God became man and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And as we get up in the morning, we get to celebrate that our champion has come, that the way of our forgiveness has been made through Christ. That the pathway to peace with God is through Jesus and has been made and fulfilled. And that you are restoring to us everlasting hope. And so, Father, tonight we thank you. We thank you for the gift of Christ and for the wonder of Jesus, the gift that you've given to us. Thank you that Genesis chapter 3 has been fulfilled in Christ. And you are in the process of restoring all things
for your great name and the good of your people. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This sermon has been proudly given in response to cherishing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to watch all our sermons online. For more information about Covenant Life Fellowship, visit us on the web at www.clfroseburg.com.